Well, what's the best movie we've seen this year that you guys probably haven't? Well, we got to sit down and watch The Battery recently. Hello. I'm going to have Johnny just go ahead and read the description, and then we're going to talk about the film itself. Two former baseball players cut an aimless path across a desolate post-plague New England that is teeming with the undead. In order to stay alive, they must first learn to live with each other's contrasting personalities and starkly different ways of dealing with the dangers that surround them. The Battery is a uniquely character-driven take on the zombie genre made with a budget of only $6,000. Yep, it's a zombie movie. There's plenty of those, right? Well, this one's got a little different take on things. But before we get into that, we need to go some full disclosure. We know a few people who worked on this movie, mostly in the post-production. We know the director of photography. Johnny got his hands on a screener copy a few months ago. We never got around to watching it until we were invited to a screening at a local comic shop, which has a little gaming bar in the back called the Geek Easy, which I frequent. So they had a lot of the filmmakers there to introduce it, and a couple people that we know. A lot of we don't. We don't know most people in the production. And so the battery's been getting awards overseas, and... It's doing really well. Yeah. Written up, and Ain't It Cool, it's got a mm-hmm. uh, Fangoria, it's been getting a lot of recognition. Ain't It Cool is one of my go-to sources for media. And Fangoria has always been, it's been around for several years. <laughs> Longer than both of us, probably. Yeah. they Their main thing is horror movies, slasher films. I bet you read that as a kid. Oh, I bet I did. So, oh no, not another zombie film. Yeah, I mean, this seems to be inundated by all these different types Saturation. of... Saturation. Saturated, different zombies, you know, The Walking Dead and 28 Days Later. We seem like we're almost at the crux of the popularity. Because I feel like that World War Z movie coming out with Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. I think when Brad Pitt embraces, like, a genre that's kind of, like, become popular, that's been kind of an underground fave for a long time, then you know it's over. Yeah. Also, they have Running Zombies, which I hate. Yeah, Running Zombies is I really think in, in the Evil Dead episode, we talked about how I don't like horror films, and yeah. I don't really consider are zombie movies horror films they're a genre a genre on their own i can agree with that yeah so i i definitely enjoy a good zombie movie over a magical figure who happens to look human that stalks young girls at night zombie movies in their hand seen a lot of them and this one actually this one has a lot of elements this is like a zombie movie by people who love romero zombies who grew up on spielberg films there's a lot of elements like if spielberg were doing a zombie movie you'd probably see a lot of the same type of things in that film. And there is a direct Jaws reference in this film. The visuals are great, too. Right, we don't want to, like, kiss too much ass, because we were a little affiliated with the filmmakers, but not so much. I don't think I ever met the director. If I did, it was very briefly at a friend's wedding. Well, the director, Jeremy Gardner, also did his his first film was a movie called The Bags, mm. which um, had some of the similar people working on it. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very independent. I mean, we're, we're talking ten years ago. Oh, if not longer, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was a very, very independent film, shot on less, lesser <laughs> quality yes. equipment. They had a website at it's, one point. But you know what? Thinking back, it's exactly the movie the the guy who directed the Battery would have made ten years ago. Right, and it's cool to see how far he's yeah grown by since, far by far since then. Jeremy so Gardner. Google did. search the bags movie so you guys can see what we're talking about. It's a a very uh, low budget. Um, I wonder if it's even online anywhere. <laughs> I thought they had it on their website, the bags. Oh, maybe, they okay. maybe have it streamed on there. If not, 
check it out and see. Or or contact ohannafilms at gmail.com. I'm sure they can give oh. you a It's funny how you remember that off the top of your head. Oh, yeah. Good on you. Jeremy is the not only the writer and director, but he is the star. Yeah, he and plays the character named Ben. Again, never met the guy, I don't think. Because uh, this all this all was shot in Connecticut. We were, were pretty well removed from the film, but I felt we could talk about it. And I before we even saw the movie, I was kind of considering reviewing it, but it would only be if we liked it. Right. We didn't want to kind of force things. Yeah, we went into the screening saying, well, if this if we like it, then let's talk about it. You know, we we didn't want to have a bias towards mm. the film. It'd be nice to review something that's a little indie film and not, right. you know, a big studio film. We'll see how that goes in future podcasts because <laughs> right now our ideas are just for big movies. <laughs> next couple of episodes yeah but this was only like i said in the uh the synopsis this is only made for six thousand dollars and if Mm. you folks don't know about how films are made that is a there's 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 you know regular high grossing high budget films there's Mm. the average budget there is ifc budget level films and then there's very low budget films and don't mistake in the low budget for the quality. I mean, they did a really great job with some of the stuff they did was very minimalistic, but to a point, they didn't overdo it. Very Hitchcockian in a way, the way they did a few things. You kind of pull away and get your mm-hmm. mind to kind of complete the picture, so to speak. Yeah. But that's that's where the beauty kind of comes from is the movie is shot to its constraints. Yeah. They make you interested in scenes where they don't want to show a giant zombie horde attacking somebody. Yeah. They'll kind of shoot around it where you just kind of you get what's going on without having to see it. And that's the Jaws approach before we start talking about like all the people who like did the makeup and stuff we should talk about the film yes that's true (laughs) it starts off and you know what you're kind of walking into in some zombie movies it's the end of the world I don't think there is a zombie movie that isn't. Just the I end think of the they world. said it was about six months ago. I think that's the only time frame we really get. That's the only time six we've... months. It, it could have been much longer. Right. But we did just watch the movie off the screener copy right now. We saw the right. film about a week and a half ago uh, at the screening at the Geekies here in Orlando, Florida, and we just watched it right now before we before we started recording this. And I picked up a lot, and my bladder wasn't as active tonight as it was on the Geekeasy night, so I got to see the whole thing finally. <laughs> yeah, I took some mental notes in my head and saw things for the second time. That one thing that they didn't I like that they kind of left to your imagination they kept saying they were in different places and on the synopsis is New England New mm. England could encompass New York Pittsburgh let's see Connecticut's where mm. they shot the film but I mean they don't actually give you a physical location where their baseball team was yeah. I mean a zombie movie like this you're going to be traveling around yeah and I assume this is a triple A or double A baseball team that not college and that's, team. that's where our characters come from right and that's how they somewhat connected to mm. a point you have been it's who like is they, a, yeah they knew of each other but not really like friendly right well they talk in in i don't know how much sports you follow robert uh the baseball's the one with the bat right yes where okay. you hit the ball and there's bases yeah, different than cricket yes okay. and there's bases and then there's a guy that stands 90 feet away he throws a ball he's called the pitcher uh, one of the pitchers is mickey talk about it in the he's film a catcher now mickey is the is the pitcher he's in the bullpen ben jeremy's character gotcha, ben, gotcha. he plays the catcher he's actually a starting catcher which means assume that he's a better baseball player plays all around game. he plays the whole game you have a rotation of baseball players and they have in the bullpen so that's what mickey's character was a pitcher he threw the ball the catcher catches the ball there you go so. We just assumed they were in the same place at the same time when things started getting hairy during the zombie apocalypse, and they just kind of got stuck together. Yeah, and they weren't friends. Like they said, they, they didn't really talk much. The the pitchers stay with the pitchers. The catchers and the, the rest of the team stay with each other. They're actually in baseball they're separated the pitchers stay on their own side and in some places in stadiums they stay on the opposite side of the stadium together to practice and warm up and then um other but we don't know how the triple yeah, they just say they hung around they were around each other but they hung out in different circles yeah so there you go but the movie the movie starts and we're several months into this yeah. So we have the two characters. We have Ben, the catcher. He's been... Th- these guys have just been on their own for too long. Mm-hmm. They're at the point where they're... 
trying to keep it together between them, but you can't spend that much time with another person alone and not get really sick of them. Well, Mickey, he he likes to carry a set of headphones, um, and that's kind of like his escape from reality, from the mm-hmm. world that they're living in. He loves music, and he finds random CDs. He has this old like CD player, that Walkman CD player that you have. It's not a MP3 or iPod, so it's mm-hmm. kind of weird, kind of hard to date the movie. That's another thing I noticed well, as well. Well, what There's... I figured about that was he can't charge an iPod. You can't, yeah. So he they have to just find batteries all over the place, and so a Walkman makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But another thing things, you couldn't really date the movie, though. Mm-hmm. I would say if they were to go with the mid-90s, or it could be today, but there wasn't a way... I, I figure it's present day. Yeah. Uh, but even the houses they went into look kind of old and dilapidated. And that's, again, I feel like the script was probably written for what they had available. Yeah. Because I think, in the end, a lot of like small indie movies kind of want to stretch too far with things. So you'll have like a decently produced movie with you know no budget, low budget, and they always try to stretch things by doing like a blue screen or explosions or right, which just doesn't look right because they don't have the money to make it look good. And this movie made itself where it didn't have anything that had to go over the top and and do something like big spectacle stuff. There's well, some great imagery, but it never it never exceeds their limitations. Right, a lot of a lot of it's organic. You know, they use the just the simplest things, the minimalist approach, but it's done very effective. They get they stretch as much as they can out of one one shot. Beautifully shot. Every Cannon. time they switch scenes, it's an interesting shot. I think it was a and you, you guys can correct me, but I think it was a Canon 70 Mark II or something. I'm not a camera guy. So I think I don't it was know. a Z two X one four one six. Oh, okay, one of those. No, it's a, I'm sorry. A, QR three four one eight one six one. Oh, okay. Take your word for it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not I'm pretty cam- sure it was a, a a nice camera. I think the the lighting also was played a really good role in mm-hmm. the film as well. The way the director of the photography did the overexposed shots were done on purpose, and I like how they traveled from place to place, and you got to see you were on the travel with them. You're mm-hmm. on the, you're on the road with them. You know, like you're a part of their team. You know, you got to see kind of the struggles they went through, the going into the houses and seeing, mm-hmm. and that that moment. They're is they're if, just they're just traveling the the country, just looking for what they can. And I love the uneasy feeling of not knowing if someone's in the inside the house mm. that you're going into and they, they argue about it and they fight they they love their long shots in this movie yeah there's a lot of long takes that, that's the first scene in the movie where you just kind of get to know mickey like he's just standing in front of a house just kind of chilling out steps, waiting yeah. listening to his music and by the time he finally gets interested in going inside there's ben coming out running and screaming and shooting back inside the house yeah which is like it shows you what's going on it doesn't take you long to figure out oh it's a zombie movie a lot of traveling from there just about how to survive and they think about things that you wouldn't normally think of and i think th- something that this that gets really right is that Mickey is still very Mickey just thinks this is a phase right like he's like this is something to endure and then we'll all be over it and everything will be back to normal it's almost as if he's he's having a really bad dream he's waiting to wake yes. up and that the world will go back to the way it used to be and he keeps trying to keep reality in like he he wants to listen to music it shelters him from what's going on in the mm-hmm. outside world and it reminds him of reminds him of what you what know, he's used normal to. times and yeah it's like he still wants he still wants a girlfriend. He still wants like comfort and beds. Right. He wants to sleep in a bed at night and Ben won't let him. And he wants familiarity. Yeah. So so much so that he they they early on in the film they decide that they're going to go try and find this girl that Mickey was dating. And of course they show up to her house. It's empty. It's empty yeah. like every other house they've come across. But he but it's heart-wrenching for him cuz he comes across her 
her room and mm. the photos her clothes and even her perfume yep. you can tell that when he he sprays it that it reminds you of her because that smell that sense of smell is a very strong sense and he takes a picture remember by and he goes a little far but we'll leave that to you guys to see yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> but he's the one who's longing for what has been lost. Right. Versus Ben is the one. Polar who, opposite. He's, yeah. He's ex- integrated. He's accepted what's going on. Yeah. He's not shaving anymore because Mickey yeah. still decides he's going to shave his little goatee. Yeah. And Ben's just kind of living like a caveman. <laughs> well, when you don't really have, when for the most part, you, when you don't really have anyone that tells you objectively how you look, why, why does it matter? Exactly. And he so, doesn't care about how he smells. Right. Which, you know, you're like a caveman and you stink and, and all that stuff. And, and, and Ben's just kind of integrated into the world. He's, this is, he realizes this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And he's like from here on out. Right. He's, he's kind of, he's just surviving versus Mickey still has hope. Right. I think Ben's mission statement is just like, I hope I wake up tomorrow. It's true. And I think what's great about Ben is, as you mentioned this when we were watching the film the second time, was he's always doing something. He's always yes. focusing his mind he, on things. Yeah, it does, he doesn't get distracted easy. Yeah. It's like he's... Very focused. There's one scene where he's trying to build a... Um, bow and arrow. A bow and arrow that's which come is in great. pieces. Yeah, which is like, great. I like The whole scene. scene, you know, he, he's, he's talking, having this conversation while assembling this. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. You know, it's like they've just been talking in circles for six months. Yeah. And he's like, he's over it. Like, oh, I'm having this conversation again. Right. Well, the thing is, is I think Ben is pretty even kill for the most part. But I do think he gets a little annoyed uh, at Mickey with the headphones because he's he's afraid. Because he's he's become the survivalist. So he just sees everything unnecessary as something that's going to get you killed. Right. Anything that's in your way, it's got to, it's cut the fat, you know. So I think that it's almost like a character study almost in this film because I really enjoy the, the contrast of the two characters and how yes. well they meshed together and how they were a cohesive unit. Well, that's where drama comes in because if they were the same, there wouldn't be any drama. Right. Like if they played brothers, there wouldn't be any drama. Right. Because they would be too connected. This is kind of perfect where they were aware of each other but not friends. Yeah. So and they go into the houses and they scavenge. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's their idea is they try to find things that they can bring with them that keeps them alive. Mm-hmm. Either being cans of tuna, chicken, batteries, uh, sheets, you mm-hmm. name it. Canned peas. Ooh, canned peas. Those are yummy. You know, these are the things they can take with them, you know, and then they stumble across a car. Well, it's not just a car. It's a hatchback. It's a hatchback. It's, it's, it's a station wagon. Station wagon. And... Which is later on in the film, which we'll get more into a little bit later. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like a third character. But they do talk about how they walked for miles yeah. upon miles upon miles mm-hmm. without finding any cars. And if they found cars, they didn't have any gas. Or... What what makes the spe- what makes the station wagon special is they can sleep in it. And they, they, I mean, As opposed I... to living on sleeping on top of roofs, like mm-hmm. they said, they had to like, sleep on top of houses. And they always had to keep their eye. And they didn't get phone lights yeah, rest. I, I and... imagine it's hard to like not sleep with one eye open. Oh, yeah. The, every little sound makes you jump, you know, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Every little... But one of their little, one of their scavenging missions leads to the story, and they find a pair of walkie-talkies. Pretty decent walkie-talkies. Yeah. They, 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 they have a pretty well, long... Uh... Ben speculates they can be like five or ten miles away and right. hear each other. They're not your Kmart. Uh... Which, is, which is a nice little hint of what's to come, because they're just testing out the walkie-talkies, and then they hear somebody talk on them. There's, there's a female voice and a male voice mm-hmm. on the other end. There's an older fella and a younger girl. So that, that just, just them talking gives Mickey more hope. And they even mentioned that it was several months before they even heard or seen yeah, anybody. Yeah, they haven't seen anybody forever. Yeah, like, so it was just like, you know. Mickey just wants to clinch onto them and not Every like little Like even thing. just hearing them. Yeah, they, yeah, he wants to know where they are. Can we please come join and you? Ben We're hard workers. A, ben doesn't care. He's just like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Let's continue doing our yeah, thing. Yeah, because there's resistance on the people on the other side. Right. 
they don't want to have anything to do with exactly. Mickey and Ben. And, you know, they said they have enough people doing hunting and fishing and whatnot. And, but Mickey just won't let it go. Well, he's discouraged. You know, yeah. he, he, he doesn't stop trying. You know, he, he keeps a hold of those. Throughout the film, he'll go and try to uh, communicate with Annie, I think is what her name is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Annie, the female on the other end. And she keeps telling him, don't talk to me. You know, I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything, deal with you guys at all. And Ben's is kind of still doing his. Own I, th- I think she does deep down inside. I feel like maybe she's she's just told that's what she has. Yeah, that's like, the way she's appear to be. She's like seventy five, eighty percent acclimatized to her new station in life. Right, but I think she does kind of want to help these guys. Yeah, so they talk a little bit here and there. That leads to one, probably one of the standout scenes of the film because we we are kind of tapped into Mickey's loneliness. Yeah. And how much he does want a girlfriend. So one thing we need to talk about is how they've kind of bonded, because even though they were been together for six months, they still it, he even made reference to Annie that they're not friends. And so even months being together, they still didn't feel like they had to be there. It's almost like Annie, just just her voice on the other end of this walkie talkie, this radio, it just makes a little more above of a divide between them. Right. And so I almost felt like if it were me, if I were Mickey. I would almost feel like if I haven't seen anybody or talked to anybody, I'd feel like I'm almost in a bubble. Like I can't get out. Like mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I'm suffocating. You know. Like there's, and all of a sudden someone breaks through and I see a hand trying to come help me get out of the bubble. That's what my idea is. If if I was Mickey, I'd see Annie as like my way to get out of this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, to get back to my normal life. Exactly. Like he's. This is this. This is a way he can. This is a way he can focus and get back to his old life. Yeah. Like oh, need a girlfriend, need a car, need a job. Like it's even on a, in a even on a reduced scale, he's still looking for that. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the the middle scene. I don't want to. I don't know how we can talk about it without giving too much away because I think that's one of the best scenes of the film. Let's just say it: the boobs scene. Yes, <laughs> because th- there is a lot of original thinking going on here that yeah. I wasn't ready for. And again, like we're not doing this podcast because we have a little bit of you know relation to the filmmakers and. It's really not all that much, so we're not trying to kiss anybody's ass here. <laughs> like, yeah, but I was I was genuinely surprised by a lot of the scenes in the film and that middle scene. Mickey is showing how much he is clinging to his old life. Yeah, so much so that any opportunity to even pretend he can have that, he mm-hmm. jumps on. It's like that flash, that, that shiny toy. You know, like you it's so good. I I can't even want to. Can't even hint at it. I just yeah, have to, like, we, it's just to see this. for yourself. It's it's great. You yeah. definitely need to check it out. But the thing I was going to address is they found a way to bond mm-hmm. through baseball, through well imitating baseball, and they would they would find ways to play a game of baseball. Mm-hmm. They'd th- play catch, anything that would solidify himself in this new world that's been created. Mickey just finds a way around. He yeah. hasn't killed a zombie since they started. Right. He doesn't want to learn to fish. Mm-hmm. He just wants to sit around and wait for everything to be okay. Yeah. And there's one point where he decides, we're going to stay in a house tonight. I'm tired of living on the road. We're going to stay in a house. He stands up to Ben and yeah. says, hey, Ben, this is how it's going to be. And you can live. I don't want to sleep on roofs anymore. I don't want to sleep on the grass. I, 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 I want to be in a bed. You know, I want to be human again. And so so all those scenes, I mean, all those scenes throughout the house, that just shows like, I am so impressed with Jeremy as an actor. Oh, wow. He, he almost has his own musical number in this film. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> like, all the source music, all the, like, pre-recorded music, you know, they've picked for the movie. It fits in really well because it's not spot on to the scenes. Right. 
because it's it's tonally right like it feels like it should be there but the film isn't about like oh like the songs aren't oh i'm so lonely you know or like it's it's there's a, there's a lot of like johnny cash influence i keep hearing in the movie the, the, the scene where i loved was what you were mentioning it was where uh ben takes the headphones for the night because mm-hmm. it was like it was almost like a trade there like, well you get the house i'll get the headphones for the night i love music too and and then he kind of gets gets to have a little fun. He's which, got a bottle of something tasty in his hand too, uh, Jack Daniels or something. I don't know yeah. what it is. Uh, but yeah, he finally gets to let loose a little bit and have fun. And then, but Quack. he wakes up from reality. Yeah. He hears a sound. It's like the second he lets himself go. Even he was tempted to just turn up the music and succumb to that. And he heard the sound. He shut it off, and he woke back up in reality mm-hmm. that this is how it is. Which is so. and, which leads to another pretty great scene. Um, this one, this scene might have been done before. Um, I mean, it's escaping me if they ever tried to do it on Walking Dead or something. But Ben just decides he's going to get Mickey to kill a, a zombie. Yeah, he like, wants he, he's to tired of it. He wants to wake up and pop the cork, yeah. so to speak. You went the classy route with that one. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be classy. <laughs> oh, let's let's talk about that too. Um, we're gonna interject for a second. We when we uploaded the uh, our first zero episode podcast a few weeks ago for. Uh, our review of Evil Dead, you had to list it as explicit. And I started thinking, we didn't say anything that wasn't very PG. That's true. In that one. But I understand, like, we threw the S word in there. And there's just some tone, just some, the, the, the as if this was on TV, suggestive themes, you know, adult themes, yes. adult content. You wouldn't, I wouldn't want my son to listen to, the, the, you know. But um, I just thought that was pretty funny. Like, we have to kind of make that call, because I think the last two we did, we didn't, curse and all not at all which those were mainstream movies i think what pg-13 yeah rated. so those but are e- even if we were cursing in that it's like you yeah. know they don't do it in the film so i guess we didn't do it in the podcast right which this this movie's a little potty mouthed yeah <laughs> which rightfully so i mean it, it's it, real that, yeah i mean it, people it, talk it like that you know and you never you never hear them cursing without like need you know right getting back on track really he enjoyed d- the music in the film jeremy has his own little music number and he's decided now He's gonna kind of time. force, yeah, it's, yeah. He's gonna force Mickey into killing a zombie finally, yeah. And so. he does. No details to there. His chagrin. <laughs> yeah. But that's when they start to finally bond again after the like right. Annie kind of got between. This is the voice of Annie got between them, right? Because she represented that hope, and then finally she says like, "Don't use this channel again on the radio. Like, go your separate way." Well, and there's this there's a scene before that happens where they're going to bed and he's going to lay down and he tries one more time to talk to Annie on the, on the uh, walkie talkie. And he's just pretty much begging, almost begging like, Hey, I, I need you. You know, we need each other and all this stuff. Like you're it for me. Yeah. Like I may either find you or I'm done. And so, and then there's just this pause and then it's just, there's just a great music theme that comes in and kind of sets up the mood of what's going on. And, and she kind of, there's a hesitation in her voice. Like she's almost like, you know what? I kind of see where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but I just, I can't. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's like when she notices that she's going too far, that's when she snaps out of it. And it's like, don't we talk? We can't talk anymore. Don't use this channel. Right. But that's when Ben decides it's time for Mickey to kill a zombie. You know, he's pop that cherry. Yep. He's stopped talking to Aunt, to Annie. And so now it's like they're finally bonding again. And they yeah. hit the road. Kind of brings us to the end of the film. Or at least act three. Because you can tell like when they're starting to get along again, they find a little like orchard full of uh, apples they start eating. and just Playing baseball. Playing baseball off the apples it, and hitting yeah. them. Having a There's good time. a really fun scene. Good music to it. A little montage of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's when everything has to hit the fan. <laughs> what starts the final sequence of the film, or the second to last sequence of the film, is another thing I don't think people had thought about before in a zombie film, which was 
they come across a car and they just go up like you would if you find a car in the middle of nowhere in the post-apocalypse. We want to scavenge and see what's in there. Yeah, we, we've all seen Mad Max. We know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's time to get the gas out of the car. Right. And just Mickey just happens to lean against it and is like, wait a second, this car's hot. Yeah. Been there pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben is trying to get the gas out. He kind of, you know, ducks down trying to siphon it out and he comes up and... Jerry's got a knife on his throat. So they have to, like, figure out a way to get around Jerry. And who shows up? Annie and Egghead. But we don't know it's Annie at first. Yeah, she just seems like this... You know, she seemed interested. Oh, how are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. You know, you, how'd you find the car? This is our car, saying all this stuff, and you don't really know going. You don't really know what's going on, really, who the, who they are. And then all of a sudden, it dawns on Mickey. Wait a second, I know that voice. I hear that. Annie, is that you, Annie? But that leads us into our final sequence of the film. It's not a thing where they love their long shots. Yes, and they're going to stick with these characters, and that's kind of why it's great. Because when we were watching it the first time, I'm I did get hints of like, wow, this is a really long scene. Yeah, you're supposed to you know act like you're experiencing it yourself mm. for the first time. And again, just great acting, and it's the best acting that the the actor playing Mickey does. Yeah, he does film. a great job as well. So if you were in that situation, I mean. What would you do? You know, so that that makes you think about yeah. like if you were in their situation, if you were in his it's, shoes, it, it, I. I I think it'd be hard not to identify with them at that point. If you've gone through the whole movie just like watching it, by that scene, you're you the audience member is in the it, it's in there with them. Yeah, you're invested with everything that they're yeah. doing. I mean, you can't escape it at that point. Like you have to sit and just wait for this thing to end, just like they do. Yeah, but overall, I mean, that's the movie does have hope where a lot of zombie movies don't. Like consider the Dawn of the Dead remake, where it looks like everything's gonna be okay. Zack Snyder directed James Gunn written Dawn of the Dead remake. I mean, it's, it's just how zombie films end. Go back to Night of the Living Dead. Right. Doesn't have an upbeat ending. Yeah, most things are doom, you know. Yeah. Non-uplifting. Very requiem for a dream. Mm. <laughs> Where it's just crap after crap after crap just happens, and you just, you're so inundated by this that you almost... That's it. You know, there's no return. But usually zombie movies do a good job of getting letting us know the characters. Yeah. Which is something what we don't really get in like say 2012 and Poseidon and disaster right? movies. Is what a lot of disaster it. movies don't give you as much. They don't make you care about the characters the way zombie movies do. It's almost like the environment is a character, and then and then mm-hmm. the the characters are kind of like in the background. Like you're less you're less likely to see very disposable characters like in a zombie movie. Disposable is a good word because when when they get killed, you're supposed to care. Right. I mean, it, there's a lot of movies where you know you'll see like a family member gets turned, and that's what's horrible about it. If you don't care about them what's the point slasher films is the opposite you just want to see the kills the deaths people dying and being mutilated in weird and fun ways because like we said last time with the evil dead we're we're so desensitized to violence Mm -hmm. you know growing up that you know it's almost like it takes a lot for us to raise our eyebrow oh that was inventive that Mm -hmm. was original you know and and the battery has a a good chunk of those oh yeah yeah and uh, i think that's what's great is you know there isn't a lot of characters in this film so you're not inundated by all right what's this character arc you got to finish this guy's story this person's story this person's story but a great script oh yeah um b jeremy steals the show because oh yeah i mean it's 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 obvious to see why like if he's the writer and director of course he's going to put his all into it but he it goes beyond that where it looks like he's just been living this for as long as he's had this idea in his head 
he's been thinking almost about like this movie. you know the beard he before the film like that's just his beard like, that's his he, real beard he didn't really he grow it for the film like he that's looks his, like a dirty caveman that, that's who he looks like in real life you know and that you know that's the clothes he wears and that's the it almost feels real like like as if you were taking like you're a voyeur like a fly on the wall mm-hmm. watching him. like there's no there's no scenes outside of their perspective right like you're you're with them along the way they never cut away from that what, what type of character has been like who he, is he before the before events. he was just like a really easygoing guy just kind of like went wherever the wind would take him right versus i think mickey but, was a little more pinned down yeah like very set in his ways he said i love you first <laughs> that's a good way to put it yes <laughs> yeah but uh he's probably a lot tighter with his family right stayed home later mm-hmm. you know and it, i think ben probably though went out drinking with his friends more yeah probably smoked just, a lot of weed yeah smoked a lot of weed had a lot of one night stands probably didn't have committed relationships no. and didn't probably never been in love probably not i'd say two years of college two years of college two you years think college yeah community college maybe versus mickey was probably like on his way to get his degree somewhere yeah a scholarship yeah probably got a scholarship yeah you, i would almost say that that mickey's parents probably had more money yes than, absolutely than ben's parents mm-hmm. I don't, ben's definitely even beforehand ben's definitely the more world weary one yeah well it shows too he's more street smart compared to both characters like we said before you know M- mickey is wanting to wake up from this nightmare and he doesn't really he doesn't want to have to adapt he doesn't want to have to evolve with the world that he's living in and then you have ben who's it's easier for him to adapt he's he's more used to change he's not scared by it as much back to the other characters that were annie and the other guy that was there okay okay how how do you see them and this isn't even in the film but like if you had to see how far they lived out like what they how where they go from there their characters i don't know that it, it's it's wonderfully vague it gets me interested but not enough where i'm like oh why didn't they show this and why didn't they show that and yeah. it's it's just enough now we went out to eat after the screening with a few of the people who were involved with the film. We did. So we got a few extra little tidbits in there. Yeah. And one of the things is they do they do want to make a sequel. And I think this, I'm all for a sequel. Like, for $5,000 to make this, I would really hope they could push out another one. These characters are well, pretty Especially if they're, if they, you know, they're, they're definitely um, pushing for digital distribution. Through, Which I think know. they're getting on June 4th. Yeah, we're super excited for them about mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, if they can get, get this out to as many people as they can, you know, especially with all these zombie movies coming back mm-hmm. again, the World War Z, like you mentioned before, uh, and they're just horror films in general. We, we saw a trailer when we were watching The Evil Dead, all these tons of slasher yeah. films and all these, yeah. like, just inundated, and you just... Psh- I just think, well, with those kinds of films, if you're fighting a ghost, who cares? Right. A ghost can do whatever. There's no heart there. (laughs) It's like (laughs) you don't have any like vested interest in that. You know, it's it's just. I think I always like zombie films because they always feel real, and they're more about dealing with like the post-apocalypse. Okay, here's something we want to talk about: is types of zombies. Because there's, there's, there's really different only two mythos, different me. mythos for for zombies. There's the Romero zombies, which are the lumbering, slow-moving, clawy, right. bitey ones. Those mostly what Walking Dead uses, right? And then you have the more modern running zombies, which is I'll, so weird. I, I'm it doesn't not, work it for doesn't. me because I I think of like when you're a zombie, it's also brain focused. So I always think of it being like the brain is what's operating things. If you're running, you need to blood pumping. You need to. Heart. I agree. Yeah. So I, I it doesn't really. I never really ascribe to running zombies. I like the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, me but too. I, that's its biggest flaw is the running zombies. Yeah, I just never bought into that. Versus like Land of the Dead came out right after that, and I like oh, that. A, yeah, I like that a that. little better just because I like the lumbering zombies. Not a better story. I think the Dawn of the Dead had a much better story. Yeah, but um, as far as like sticking to zombie lore, Land of the Dead did a better job. 
Yeah. Well, you look at m- movies too as well that don't really have more comedic, like Shaun of the Dead. That's yeah. that's like the only comedic yeah. zombie. Movie. Yeah. This but it's again that it's a good to like turn a genre on its head. It is. And they they went with the lumbering Romero zombies. Yeah. That's that's a fun. Well, the, I think that's what's great about the battery is that, like we said earlier in the beginning, that it, you leave things to your imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, if they had a thirty thousand dollar budget, doesn't mean it would have been a better film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think everything well, was tastefully done. That's why I say this: the script was obviously written to their limitations. Yeah. So I think if you took this script and gave it to Columbia Pictures, I don't know what would be different. Like, yeah. what would what what could you add to this film with more money? Well, it seems to be exactly the movie they should make for this amount of money. You know, I I kind of now that I'm thinking about it, it just kind of dawned on me. Um, I I equate the scene uh, Ben is killing a zombie, right? And they kind of cut away. It's out of frame, and you know the zombie's dead by the sounds and by the actions. But it, it's tastefully done, and it kind of equates to me to uh, Pulp Fiction, where you have Bruce Willis's character stabbing the guy with the sword. You don't actually see it happen, but you hear the sound, you see the blood splatter, but it's still just as effective. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of the same idea for me. I don't know if they even thought about it that way, but I, I always just looked at it like it was Jaws. And Jaws is a good way to, yeah, like it's it's you know what's happening, but you don't have to see what's happening. And then also the lo- the location too, like we said earlier. I mean, beautiful. beautiful. I yep. mean, I, I never been to Connecticut. Have you? Nope. But I mean, they they said they just uh, when we talked to them at the restaurant um, after the viewing. Um, they said they just found spots. They didn't close anything off. They just took the camera and went after it. And uh, got super lucky. I think some, there is a scene that takes place in the rain. Oh yeah, which I it looks great. Yeah, but I don't think it was planned. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think it turned out really well. You know, just that it happened to do that, and it gave a little more energy to that scene. Not a yeah. lot. It's not. It just it just helps add to like the the tone of that scene. I want to be a little negative because it's 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 just a little too positive right now. Yeah. Acting. Oh, yeah. Overall, it's good. Good, yeah. Jeremy is, of course, fantastic. Yeah. And lovingly goes full frontal for this film. Yes, for, he Over does. his love for this film. Yes. Um, so if you're if you're not a fan of nudity, need not apply. <laughs> yeah. It, it's far away enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. You could, you know, blink. It's like, it's 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 enough to tell, oh, yeah, he's got male anatomy. The, the guy playing Mickey is like half and half for me. Uh, in the last scene, he's just, you know, Spot probably on. the best acting for him in the movie. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like he's kind of just figuring out his character as he's yeah. going along. I think a lot of things with, with actors, it's you have to kind of figure out arguing yeah. and timing. Like which, cutting people off is a huge mm-hmm. thing because that's real. Like if you were to cut somebody off. There's been plenty of cutting off during our podcast. So yeah. We know about it. It's <laughs> natural. Now, me, I have a background. Now, Robert, before we talked about this in the in the first podcast or episode zero, Robert went to film school, so he has kind of like that technical aspect, kind of viewing things from a different mindset than I do. Probably, uh, I was I was a quote unquote actor several years of school and college, um, the thespian awards and all that stuff. But a totally different way of doing like theater. You are very dramatic. I'm very dramatic. Uh, theater acting is much different than doing like a film itself. So, but you can you can be a theater actor and do well in movies, a la Alfred Molina, you know, um, stuff like that. But it, it is different. In With theater, you have to, it's all one. I mean, if you mess up, you got to roll with it. There's no cuts, no edits, no, no, no breaks there. With a film, you have the option to take a break, come back to yeah. it later. You know, you always wonder, me being an actor, I always wonder how many scenes did that take to get that perfect scene and that cry, that, that emotion, that yeah. elicit that emotion. Because who knows? For as long as that take was, 
I hope it was well rehearsed and not shot over and over again. <laughs> yeah, because especially yeah, I think I think they they would lose their minds if they had to shoot that more than a few times. But it just I, I respect it a lot. You know, oh, yeah, I have a fun. There's so many great shots in this film. I, I think a lot of like filmmakers their age. I mean, they've been doing this a long time. But I think a lot of people who would like sit down and like think. Oh man, we're gonna watch this five thousand dollar movie. It's so indie. It's so hip. And you know, it's like, yeah. I think they just be like, "Oh, why didn't I think of that?" When they see the yeah. shots in these films. But yeah, it's just overall, it's just a great film. I I can't recommend it enough. The moment you watch it to to the very end, it's a it's a fun ride. It's only a hundred and one minutes. So. There's only five humans in the movie. That's it. So you're not dozens of zombies. Yeah, <laughs> horror. It, it they sounds call like it. it's a little cast, but when you think about it, there's. There's, I think there's, there's a like lot. three or four dozen zombies in the film. Yeah, and a, lo- a lot of great, you know, shout outs to all the, the editors and, and just everything was gr- really well done. The uh, the makeup um, was really, you know, minimalistic, but done really well uh, for what they had. Maybe maybe in the sequel, they'll recast the actors <laughs> playing Annie. Yeah, that was another thing we, we thought was hit or miss as well, was uh, was uh, Annie's deliverance on some of the... I think on the... the radio, she was more or less fine. Yeah. But when they meet her, I always get that, I hate to use this, but it's like that Troll 2 kind of acting. Yeah. Where it's like, this is how people talk when they're angry. Yeah. And it's like, they're getting the tone, but not the inflection. Right. It's just like, I'm reading words, and this is my angry tone when I talk. Well, and now, to give you my comparison to that, you know, having the background like I have with acting, this is the way I would apply it, was if I'm supposed to be angry in a scene, I know it's common sense, but I literally look at myself. Like, how would I meet Johnny? How would I, how would I express that? If I was really angry, if you and I got in a fight, or an argument about something, you know, I'd be spitting. I would be, you know, veins would be popping out. I would be clenching my fist, but not, not, not uh, overtly like, oh, looking at my hands. And I, oh, my hands, you know, fists are clenched. It would be, it'd be natural. You're kind of scary right now. Yeah. Because he's acting these things out as he's yeah. saying them. Here, here's, here's, a, here's some fun little trivia for the audience. What plays were you in? Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Uh, these are all theater. A classic. Yeah, Miss Saigon, you know, I was in that. And, uh, you know, it was fun. And Oklahoma, I did a little thing in Oklahoma. But I didn't really do any singing, though, even though Oklahoma is more of a musical than but a But I play. bet you know the lyrics. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just this, this small little productions, um, college productions, nothing major. Uh, Which I, I was always behind the scenes. I, I had to take technical theater production. That's nice. So I was like the prop master on Grease. Oh, cool. And this other little nothing. I think it was called Daytona. I think I, I can't remember what, exactly what it was, but just a lot of nothing. Yeah, and I, I got to work Grease, on... Grease was fun to work on, but... I, I guess to... Now, I did get a little bit of technical. Uh, some of my friends made some films in the past, uh, so I got to help out with cameras and you know uh, holding the boom and you know, boom operator and, and uh, key grip and all that stuff. Like, so... Uh, sound editing, but sounds, nothing sounds dirty, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, nothing to the extent of the battery. No, nothing. You know, the battery. You know, totally different type of film. The, the battery uh, is a film that's been made by people who have been doing this independently for a long time. Yeah, and this is uh, just so far they're kind of this is exactly where they should be right now. This it's making these kind of quality films because they've they've kind of done their throwaway films already. Yeah. And now this is like the cream of the crop right now. Well, I think what I'm what I'm most excited for is for people to see the battery, mm-hmm. you know, digitally, because I mean, look how much digital world's taken over, you know. And I think that it will it'll motivate them to want to do more movies. I, I I'm a big supporter of theirs. I mean, this this looks great. It's, I think the best thing to come out of this is Jeremy's a great actor, and he just got cast to play Doctor Strange in the next Marvel movie. Oh, I, were you gonna let that out already? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hidden knowledge. Yeah. 
but I, only I on certain websites are posting that right now. Yeah, but I mean, like he's perfect. Like he, he'll have like the right inflection, and which McG is is directing, so you know it's going to be good. Well, yeah, after after the uh, success of Terminator Salvation, mm-hmm. I mean, he went on. I mean, being nominated a few times. Not right? to not to mention Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Oh, man, how, how mean, could you he, forget he, that? He can ride those coattails till he's dead. Yeah, I mean, but I'm really looking forward to Jeremy's uh, uh, portrayal of Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. I mean, yeah, he's going to be great. He's got the height already down. He's got the, you know. It's not until 2017. So that'll be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, but please, guys, go see the battery. It'll be on demand somewhere, somehow, I hear June 4th. Yeah, and also. <laughs> For he, those of you more technically inclined than I, you know. Yeah, I think they might have a Facebook, but if put, not. Go put your eyeballs on it. <laughs> go to thebatterymovie.com. That's their website. It'll there give you, you all the infos, uh, reviews. You can get a link to all the reviews we were talking about. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised for a film that was made for $6,000. Yeah. And uh, find out, email them, and maybe they can get you a copy or find a way that if they're selling digital, it's, you know, if you want to get a co- hands on your own copy, they might get you. A- you can't have this one. No, this is our copy, but definitely go check it out. You know, leave your thoughts on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think and send us an email as well. But if you want to send the makers of the film, it's ohana, O-H-A-N-N-A-H, films at gmail.com, and they'll tell you more about what's going on with our future projects. Get on a uh, mailing list for them. Good stuff. So we were very excited to talk about the battery and... As always, suggestions are always great. Send us some thoughts and follow us on iTunes. iTunes, subscribe, rate us, download us, put us on your... HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com forward slash anti-suck. Yes. No hyphen in that. Yeah, no suck. Or no hyphen. <laughs> and, oh, there's plenty of suck. <laughs> there's plenty of suck. And also, like I said, anti-suckreviews at gmail.com. I think we have a Twitter, don't we? We do. We do. It's twitter.com slash anti-suckreviews. So you can... Uh, Isn't there a Tumblr? <laughs> there is a Tumblr. There's <laughs> we just want to... <laughs> anti-suck.tumblr.com. I think all we're missing is like Vine and... Instagram. Instagram. We need to get an Instagram as well, but we'll be trying to make more posts uh, regularly. <laughs> we'll do whatever other stupid thing comes up next Yeah, week. and then if you guys have thoughts from movies you want us to review... We're, we're on schlotskis.com. <laughs> but thank you folks for listening. It's been a blast. Yes, I've had a lot of fun. Hope you can listen to us soon again. Yes. Everyone have a great time. Bye-bye. Bye.